Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hi, this is Ahmed Sadek, uh, Assistant Professor of Medicine at Tempo within the Pulmonary Hypertension Group. And so we'll continue our discussion here of some of the issues with relying on the hemodynamic pressure estimates um, by ECHO, uh, particularly with a focus on people that truly have uh, PAH. And so in this case, um, we have a 32-year-old female with a history of exertional syncope, uh, leg swelling. Um, she has a TRV max, you see on the left, of 270 centimeters per second, which equates to a gradient of 29. And uh, this falls below the threshold of concern for pulmonary hypertension, which we usually consider 280 centimeters per second. But there are clear other signs of structural signs of pulmonary hypertension seen in this patient. In the middle image, you see severe interventricular septal flattening. On the right-sided image, you see severe RV enlargement. There's dysfunction. RV to left ventricular ratio is greater than 1.5, and you see right atrial enlargement. And so, not surprisingly, her right heart cath data showed a right atrial pressure of 6, wedge pressure of 8, and her PVR came out to 8.66 WIS units. And so, this is just to emphasize that um, in those patients, um, you really should be looking not only at the pulmonary, the, the RVSP or PASP estimate, but keep an eye out for other signs of um, pH signs. And even in the absence of a velocity of greater than 2.8, you should still be suspicious if you see these other structural signs. This study kind of comments on the accuracy of the, the PASP or RVSP estimate in, in general. This was a 65-patient prospective study, and it looked at um, patients who had um, received the right heart cath within an hour of an echocardiogram. And they compared the right heart cath numbers versus the echo-derived uh, PASP. And you can see that the patients were de derived into tertiles of severity with severe, moderate, and mild as, as labeled below. And um, you can see here that in almost a third of the patients, um, the echo estimate was discrepant by more than one category. And you can see in that first example on the top, you can see um, that uh, the first patient was categorized as mild pulmonary hypertension by the Doppler. Um, but by right heart cath was categorized as severe. 18% um, of these were um, an underestimation by Doppler, which in my view is the more dangerous of the two, as opposed to overestimation. And in 20 of 29 patients, um, the echo estimated the right atrial pressure at over 15, when in fact the right heart cath right atrial pressure was less than 10. And this was the cause of at least 50% of the PASP overestimations. And then um, kind of one final point, point looking at um, RVSP estimation is regarding risk. And so I have two examples here. And the question is, which of these two patients is at higher risk from a pulmonary hypertension standpoint? You have patient one who has an RVSP on the left estimated at 74. And you see that middle image there. You have a normal RV size and function and a, a normal TAPSI of 2.4 centimeters. And you see the patient presented as an office visit, has a BNP of 25, functional class 2 symptoms, a 6-minute walk test of 502. And um, this is, these are the right heart cath results on the left. Notably, the right atrial pressure is 5 with a wedge of 11, 
cardiac index of 3.19 and the PVR was 6.36 was units. And then you have uh, patient two, and you see on that image, the, the, the RVSP was estimated as slightly less at 60. Um, but on the echo, you can see severe RV enlargement all the way on the right, um, as well as right atrial enlargement, and the TAPSI is reduced at 1.4. This patient was actually admitted to the CCU with heart failure, acute renal failure, had functional class three symptoms, a BNP of 454. And you can see the right heart cath results here. Remarkable for a PVR of 10.7 Woods units and cardiac index of 1.77. And so the patient that's higher risk is actually patient two. Despite having a slightly lower RVSP estimate and uh, even a slightly lower PASP by right heart cath, there are clear high risk features that are present in this patient that were not present in the patient one. And those include um, the elevated BNP, functional class three symptoms, and the low cardiac index at 1.77. And so the point that I'm trying to make here is that the, these hemodynamic pressure estimates um, do not uh, adequately risk stratify patients when, when um, viewed in isolation. And um, this study uh, further illustrates this. This was a study of 146 patients comparing various echocardiographic parameters and how they compare with the patient's uh, risk status. As you can see, many of the right, function, uh, the right heart functional parameters by echo, including functional area change and TAPSI, um, correlate significantly with risk, but in particular, the PASP does not. And there is um, really no significant difference here um, between the PASP based on the risk status of the patients. Uh, that's it for this episode. Thank you guys very much for your time. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit, or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.